Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Pod Network Entertainment. going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. Because whose game is it with everybody saying, ah, hey, yeah. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Adam! Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. I have to finish the story. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. You should Run! Bang! The sniper is shooting you down. This is TMDK's Robbie Eagles. Hey, hey, this is the Cosmic Cactus, Paul London. Hello, my name is the Nadragonov, the star, the NXT champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Yeah! You're listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C. Romoran and Emil Nate checking in through this very wackadoo long weekend Halloween slash Undas. All Saints Day, All Souls Day, uh, Barangay Election Week, all of the things going on in the Philippines. And um, it's affecting us here on the pod network because our friends over at TPN have also taken basically the week off as they deserve to. They've been working very hard to uh, really give you all of the shows and podcasts that you enjoy listening to. So, sariling sikap tayo ngayon because wrestling never stops. As you know, if you're a longtime listener of the pod, we do keep pumping out these episodes even though everyone else is taking a break. So, uh, Emil, uh, are, are you recording from Manila or umuwi ka na ba ng probinsya? Oh no, I'm still in Manila. I'll um, schedule to go back home this Saturday uh, to Naga. And so, so, but babalik din ako because uh, I'll be around for major events in the next uh, coming weeks. So, uh, But right now, I'm still in Manila. But about to head home because uh, it's been two months since uh nandito ako sa Manila, so it's it's time for me to go back home because uh, I I you know I miss the I miss the uh, people there and you know my girlfriend is also there although nakita ko lang siya last week but still uh still different when it's uh it's home you know, so yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, are you in Manila or umuwi ka rin ba ng Santa Rosa? I was in Laguna nung Monday and Sunday and Monday, Tuesday for the election, the Barangay election. That's about it. Uh, I I had to go back again because I thought uh, one I had other lakad uh, in my I mean scheduled for the rest of the week. That was uh, I didn't think we were gonna go to the cemetery while everyone was there. We we already went no thirty. That was uh, the Monday. Monday. And there are many people. 
So the festivities already started that early. So after that, I knew I was good. So went back here. I stripped it in time then because I knew we had a recording then on uh, over the break. Yeah. Uh, so by the time you're hearing this, it's either Thursday night or Friday, just in time to head towards a weekend full of wrestling. And speaking of uh, weekends filled with wrestling, we've actually got a huge announcement. Ito, we're not going to be teasing it anymore. We're just going to let you know straight up that we've got the Survivor Series watch party. It is officially happening on Sunday, November 26 at 8 a.m. over at Hobby Stadium. And if you've never been to Hobby Stadium, nasa New Manila lang yan. It's along Erod Corner, Doña Hemadi Avenue. May parking sa labas, may parking sa baba. Uh, lots of really good food. Um, Emil's gonna be there. He's actually gonna be uh, managing the event because I'll be calling that show over on the WWE Network as always alongside Carlo Pamintuan. And Tiro, he's got uh, a work trip over that weekend. So Emil will be uh, the man of the hour during that viewing party. So please be nice to him. And please remember to pay because we have a fee uh, to be part of the watch party. So our early bird rate is 350 pesos that comes with a free drink. And our regular walk-in rate for the viewing party is 500 pesos. So uh, we're going to be posting the link for our pre-orders sa Survivor Series watch party tickets. That's going to be going up soon over on facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast or on Twitter and TikTok at Wrestling2XPod to find out find out more about uh, the Survivor Series watch party which features some prizes from our friends from Everybody's Toys and Collectibles and Hobby Stadium. So lots of reasons for you to go. Uh, go catch the final WWE PLE of 2023 over at Hobby Stadium. That's Survivor Series, Sunday, November 26 at 8 a.m. And if you can't get enough of yung mga pakulu natin sa Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, you can be a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron, which uh, was actually Emil's first touch point with us. All right. So uh, if you want to join in on all the fun, all you have to do is subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. For those five dollars or two hundred sixty to two hundred seventy pesos in a local currency, yeah, like uh, Stan mentioned, that was the first time that I uh, ever interacted with these guys is through the Patreon, no? So uh, all you will get uh, some benefits, uh, like uh, again, be to be uh, being able to join in on our Discord server where you can interact with us. You can interact with your fellow podcast, talk to us about anything about wrestling. You can also talk to us about random things. Uh, uh, movies, uh, TV shows, fashion, sports, memes. So you could uh, exchange uh, memes with us. And um, sometimes we also hold some watch parties over there. So uh, if you want to join in on all the fun, all you have to do is subscribe. Also, um, uh, if you've been noticing over the last few months, we've been doing this new system of our Pasabais. And uh, if you are a part of our uh, Patreon program, you'll get some friendly rates on the service fees. Pinapatong uh, namin kasi, you know, we also need to earn, <laughs> especially these days. Uh, so you, you'll you get some friendly rates on the service fees uh, if, you join, if you join in on our Patreon. And uh, you also get some uh, review content of the weekly wrestling shows courtesy of uh, Row and Rowan. Uh, like Ross Smackdown, uh, NXT Dynamite, some local wrestling uh, events as well. So uh, by pretty much uh, subscribing to our Patreon, you're also supporting everything that we do here on the podcast. So again, it's at patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. All right. Thanks for that, Emil. 
So yeah, let's get to some reactions muna from things that happened over the long weekend. So isasama na rin natin yung mga nangyari ng Raw uh, since we don't have a live stream for this week. Uh, when we predicted Crown Jewel last week before the break, we only got through the five matches that were announced uh, at the time. And since we came off a of fast lane, which just had five matches, kala natin na, oh, Triple H is probably going to do it again for Saudi Arabia. Nope. He booked uh, and announced three more matches for Crown Jewel, which I'm not complaining about. So now we got to talk about it. And let's start with John Cena versus Solo Sikoa, which, Ro, you actually called a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you're going to talk about this in your pick. So Cena's doing the whole... Uh, in a way, sad boy tour, uh, teasing retirement. Uh, I don't know where that's going to go, but he's uh, openly philosophizing his career exist- existentialism. <laughs> so that's pretty weird. So I knew that uh, he did say, he did say out loud that if the actor strike ends soon, that's, uh, that's going to be the clock striking at midnight for his current Cinderella run. Right? So uh, if I were Triple H, and I, I am not, but he's doing this, he I would milk John Cena as much as I could. Uh, there's no guarantee that he's going to be around by Royal Rumble or WrestleMania season. And uh, are we predicting this now or are we saving it for later? Uh, we can just predict it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cena's already in his giving mood, uh, the giving part of his career. So I think this was a nice way then, to set up uh, a big solo win. Uh, whether or not they do war games or Survivor Series with Cena involved, Mananado uh, si Solo one on one. Would be nice. I mean, people would probably like it if Cena won, but uh, you got to give back to the, to the business. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ego Emil, who do you think is taking the Cena or Solo? I think Solo is going to win. Um, I initially thought this match was going to happen at the World Rumble, but you know, like Rome mentioned, once the strike is over, he's heading straight back to Hollywood. So uh, they, you know, they made this match happen now while, the, while they still can. And I believe now, like, they already got the win in the fast lane, Cena and LA Knight. So um, I think this time, uh, I think Solo is going to. This is going to be a signature solo Sikoa win. And then this is going to be, um, I this is going to be important to him in the long run. Uh, his first signature win is against what they say is the greatest of all time. So solo with the win here. Yeah, and just to add to that, I know a lot of you aren't really huge fans of um, you know, the WWE and Saudi's um, collaborative efforts over the last uh, six, seven years or so. But um, to WWE's credit, they've really done a great job of positioning these Saudi shows as big deals. Like it, it's come a long way since the, uh, for lack of a better term, glorified house show tag that some people from the internet have called the Saudi Arabia shows. So having a a Cena versus Solo match in which Solo potentially goes over the greatest of all time uh, goes a long way towards uh, reinforcing that notion. Now, yeah, these Saudi Arabia shows actually matter. Clarify nothing yet. Uh, ah, sorry. Triple H made that what it is now. Uh, Vince still treated them as glorified house shows. And uh, to, to his credit, Nina Manyakasalanan completely because when they first signed the Saudi deal, uh, they were beholden to the prince, right? And the prince and whoever was uh, also in charge of um, scheduling the wrestling, booking the wrestling, also wanted young, young big names on WWE to the point that yeah. they wanted people who were dead. <laughs> so. 
uh, it has to be noted that uh, although there was there was a natural evolution in their working partnership, the relationship, uh, Triple H also made sure that they would they would be treated as mainline events just in different places, and I guess that's also what led to uh, him putting on mainline PLEs in the UK, uh, Australia, and then now Germany, which we actually didn't talk about uh, last week. So Bash in Berlin is happening as well uh, next year. And yep. big deal, because it's the first, uh, I believe it's the first main ev- uh, major event in continental Europe. So that's pretty cool. And we're uh, They might throw us a bone. Yeah. <laughs> so Philippine Arena. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if 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 I'm gonna call a show at the Philippine <laughs> Arena, I wouldn't mind because I feel like I'm gonna Yeah, exactly. For the yeah. rest of you who will have to travel and like be stuck in traffic and all of that, I don't feel good. So like, I mean, for those I mean, of you who are wishing, be careful what you pero, wish for. Pero let's let's be honest. It's not Taylor Swift. It's not twice. This is still WWE, and we did yeah. not pack uh, Araneta. We did not pack Moa. So I'm a little more optimistic about that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe like, uh, maybe the... one day sa Phil Oil Echo Oil Center. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to more crown jewel predictions. Bianca Belair gets her one-on-one rematch against EO Sky for the WWE Women's Championship at Crown Jewel. So it's been a while since Bianca uh you know since we last saw Bianca regularly, she came back over the last couple of weeks. So how are you guys feeling about Bianca getting this rematch and do you think she stands a chance here against EO and Damage Control who yung yung dissension nila internally seems to be on and off at this point. All right, Emil, you cook first. Oh man. Um a lot of a lot of uh, weird uh things about this. Um first of all, I thought before you know before uh Bianca uh went on a break I thought they were heading towards a Bianca Belair heel turn, but it seems like uh, they put the brakes on that. Uh, I think for for now, I don't I don't know if, if they're gonna continue with it. But right now, Bianca Belair is a straight babyface at this point, which I don't mind because I like Bianca Belair in a man as as a babyface. Um, and second, uh, I don't know. Um, like it, it maybe it's because the women's division of SmackDown isn't that deep. But I feel like um, uh, we could we could use a title change at this point. Like I I I love Eo Sky, but they need to be before she could have an established long title reign. I need, I think they really need to get to the dissension storyline first. Cause they, like are they are they gonna do it? Are they gonna break up? Are they gonna not? Are are they gonna stick together? So medyo malabu yun on that part. So I think they need to settle that first. Because it's kind of affected the title run of Io. Because um, I want Io to have a dominant <laughs> title reign because she, she's that good. But right now, it's kind of shaky, and I won't mind a title change, honestly. Yeah, I disagree on a number of points there. Yeah. Una, uh, the whole thing about the dissension is because they didn't want to pull the trigger on so many dissensions. Uh, as you know, we have a lot of heel factions, and for some reason. A whole bunch of those heel factions are uh at the same time. Uh, MWF that. They're all they're all <laughs> facing tension at the same time within the within the ranks, right? So uh, you got the judgment day teasing tension, the bloodline teasing tension between uh Jimmy and the rest. Then you have Imperium fucking Imperium. teasing tension. And then now you had uh 
damage control teasing tension originally. So uh, I understand that Triple H has to pump the brakes a little bit on some of these concurrent uh, dissension storylines. So um, it's unideal. It's definitely not ideal, but it is what it is. And uh, I understand that I massage And some things, some of these things you can hit pause on. It's fine. Uh, especially when you got other more compelling things happening or, or along the same lines, right? Uh, I do agree that they do need to break up because uh, they've been teasing the breakup for so long, but uh, it doesn't have to happen soon. Uh, and EO doesn't have to lose the championship soon then. Like, uh, I think the end game for the whole damage control breakup was EO versus Bailey because uh, Bailey was always jealous of EO succeeding before she did. So, right? so uh, I thought that was, that was the main thing they were building up to. And I don't think it would have been okay or optimal kung natalo si EO before that happened. Uh, I'll agree with you about Bianca though, yeah. Uh, but also, I think it's also the product of a bunch of rumors saying that she was going to turn heel. Uh, I get why she might not be because uh, the Drew McIntyre-John Cena argument that you do have to keep people as role models for the kids, for the, for the, for the minorities, the representation... So, mega no factor. I will admit that it is pretty. Uh, it's pretty disappointing to say the least. I say they didn't push through. Although I do appreciate the fact that uh, Bianca is fleshing out how she felt a little depressed while she was sidelined. So that's pretty good. Uh, pretty cool uh, thing to get into. I say the thing that they never had with Bianca was the struggle. I say um, she was always on top and they portrayed her as always on top. So I like that. I I think they probably just need to go or she just probably needs to go through some shit, go through it before uh, returning to dominance on top. But uh, for the most part, I do think EO is retaining of damage control shenanigans. That was uh, what hopefully they move forward with the breakup angle. So um, there's that. Para masatisfy ka naman, Emil. Nakaya sa'yo eh. Oh, nakaya sa'yo, Emil. Kawawa naman si Emil. All right. Uh, finally, we've got a kickoff match happening at, uh, for Crown Jewel. I, I don't actually remember the last time we've had a a match on the kickoff, uh, but we're getting Sami Zayn versus JD McDonough. So big platform here for the Irish ace. And medyo nakakagulat, but then again, it's also going to be weird seeing Sami Zayn not involved in a PLE card. So I guess this is where um, they're able to position him alongside yung uh, feud, the mga raw baby faces versus the Judgment Day. So what do you guys think about this one? Wait, before anyone answers, I, I gotta ask, did they just suddenly bring back JD this week? Over the past couple of weeks with no, them. He's been there. He's been there. Is it after the after the whole uh when they lost the championship no payback, diba? Uh and the fast lane, sorry, the fast lane. Uh fast lane, but payback. Yeah, yeah, fast lane. Fast lane, right. They kind of got mad with mad with him because he inadvertently cost uh the injury to Damon Priest. So I thought he he was persona non grata for a while. And I'm going to rolling with them. So Wasn't he the reason they won back the titles? Right? Para nakabawi siya. No, Jimmy Jimmy was the reason. It was oh, Jimmy. Right. It was Jimmy. Yeah. Shit. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, he's riding with them again after they did not feature him at all over the past couple of weeks. So that's weird to me. But anyway, uh, continue, Emil. Um, 
yeah, I th- I feel like they just brought JD for this for them to be able to book this match because again, uh, it's pretty weird that uh, they would have a Saudi show without Sami Zayn. So parang they just you know they just uh, retconned it so that you know, they can book this match. Uh so uh, I feel like the story will progress after Ground Jewel. But this one was I think this is a one off in terms of they just brought him back for the so for the sole purpose of. You know, making this match possible. So, I'll predict this now. Sammy, Sammy will win this. Champlain, like hometown, and not really hometown, but like you know, he's 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 so popular. Muslim hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sammy would will win here. The geopolitics of this are interesting. I'm not fully sure your relationship with Saudi Arabia kay Israel, but I'm sure they are backing Palestine because Muslim uh, ethnicity, right? So. I don't know how precarious it is for Sami to be, uh, to to be there in Saudi Arabia right now. I think he has vocally supported Palestine then, so uh, I I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I guess it's safe because he's booked, right? So uh, clearly, Sami's gonna win. He's there to pop the home, no, not the hometown, but the the his brothers and sisters, right? So that's it. That's a that's a pretty obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, it should be a fun kickoff match. I actually don't know if we're gonna call the kickoff show. Traditionally, kasi hindi yan kasama sa ano namin, sa uh, responsibilities namin for the PLE, but we'll see. Uh, it, it should be fun uh, if ever we do get to call Sammy versus JD in Tagalog. All right, uh, moving on, we also saw the Miz stepping up as Gunther's next challenger. Apparently, <laughs> a result of Miz's guesting or Gunther's guesting rather on Miz TV. So from the looks of things, the way that they're uh, the way that they booked the promo segment. Para naging baby face itong si Miz all of a sudden. Um, do you think they were in Cleveland? Yeah, they well, were in Cleveland, yeah. They were in Cleveland, yes. But oh. then Miz uh, reverted back to being 2016 Talking Smack Miz. Like that's what I saw. Except 2016 Talking Smack Miz was actually a heel, but he brought that fire and passion into these promos against Gunther. So uh, does this version of Miz work for you as a baby face against Gunther? Okay, Emil, come on. I'm having a whole feeling. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I got feelings. This is one of the best heels ever. But there's a reason why it's one of the best heels ever. It's because it doesn't really work as a babyface. They already tried <laughs> a Miz babyface run twice. I mean, the first one was in 2013, didn't work. And then the, the last one was when Shane turned on him. And eventually, he, he just went back to being heel months later. So. There is something about that uh, they would try, but it, does, it just doesn't work. I mean, it's, it's not I mean, a detriment to the Miz whatsoever. It's just that he's so good as someone you can hate that you really don't know. You really like him being a fan favorite really doesn't work, you know. So um, I don't know. I don't know if this one, maybe Segura with this one, like in de facto babyface Sancha because he's up against Gunter. So I don't know. Um, I'll let Ro here uh, uh, explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain to the people why Miz doesn't really work as uh, actually. It's it's complex. Um, when you when you have Miz talk like this, it, it works. Somebody he works as a babyface because he's marunong siyang magdraw 
from his 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 thinking, his his experiences, his uh, own passion for the business. You remember that this guy is actually a guy who really loves pro wrestling, and he made that his uh, gimmick in the real world, diba? To the point na ginagagasan ng lahat, because he was the, he was a big mark, right? So I enjoy that. I think that's why Miz is an okay babyface. I think the problem was they kind of went about this a little bit the wrong way. That yung match with Gunther was held here in Cleveland, right? Uh, I think that would be the biggest place uh, where Miz would get a babyface pop. I say, uh, where else do people really like the Miz here? <laughs> uh, this is in 2011 where people still hated John Cena, right? And um, The Rock wasn't involved yet, so uh, interesting. Lang na Miz, are they really set Miz up for a little bit of trouble? Because uh, you have Gunther, who literally is the serious pro wrestler that he said he was. So uh, naturally, people back that up. Because legit si Gunther, legit uh, wrestler. He, he has the cred. He has the street cred. He has uh, the in ring cred, and it's hard to really boo a guy like that. Uh, I mean, they even eased up on the whole Nazi uh, thing, right? Uh, oh, yeah. The only reason why he's a heel is because he's a dick, but otherwise, uh, there's not really that much to boo him on because he's really good. So when you have someone like that uh, being positioned as a heel, it, it kind of sucks because uh, the other heel was a guy that people really love to boo, right? So... I feel bad for him. Although it's, you know, I, I'm sure he relishes the opportunity of uh, swinging from the corner that he's been backed into. Um, it's just really an uphill battle for him. Because uh, I already saw the, the reactions on Twitter. They're polarized. Uh, people are enjoying the, the Mrs. Mike work. But some people or a lot of other people don't really buy it. Because one, it's the same It's the same stuff he said in Talking Smack, right? But that was, what, seven years ago? Uh, I mean, who cares if it's rehashed? It, there are some people who are tuning into Raw now and don't know about this promo. So obviously, it's not for you who's seen that uh, infamous Talking Smack segment all those years ago. But for those that may be tuning in for the first time or, you know, bago lang this year. Um Obviously, it's not for everyone. The market isn't everyone here, but uh, I get it, right? Um, is um, it's hard for wrestlers, for a lot of wrestlers, to talk the way Miz did uh, in that segment and on Talking Smack. A lot of people would give their left nut or you know their <laughs> their first championship to talk like the Miz talk. So a lot of people forsake that uh, when they talk shit about the Miz, saying that. Recycled material, or uh, um, it's not, you know, it it it's not representative of how the Miz is booked or how the Miz wrestles, if whatever that means, because Miz has been putting out good stuff this year. So, it's uh, it's one of those things that a lot of people don't really know what they're talking about. They're entitled to their feelings about the Miz, and um, to Miz's credit, it's not really his fault that. I guess it's not his fault that he's been booked like a chicken shit heel this whole time or a lot of a lot of his career. Uh, yeah, but a lot of the things that he listed down in his resume, okay, Adam Pierce and whoever, uh, all of those came from uh, cheating, <laughs> dirty finishes. None of those came or very little of those came from a heroic 
baby face triumphant is, di ba? So, yun lang yung pinaka-hole so, sa game niya. <laughs> he pretended that those things, that those accomplishments uh, were a part of, you know, uh, a hard-working, uh, triumphant, heroic Miz. But, you know, when you, you can also look at it from the point that you don't get those championships. You don't get to be two-time Grand Slam uh, champion without being over or without being good at something you do right? so uh championships in wrestling are also uh results of uh something good uh good skill a good skill set right so uh you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of hate going around from this it's it's not fair from one worker to another yeah, um, I'm actually excited to see what Miz does here because you know we haven't seen him be a proper babyface in quite a long time, and uh, admittedly, not out of nowhere din ng turn yan. Just because he guested Gunther and Gunther comes out and is the bigger dick, the bigger heel in this story, na Matic Miz kind of adjusts and becomes a de facto babyface. So I, I I at least appreciate the effort to try and. Make Miz more sympathetic, make him more rootable by giving fans something to latch on to. But it's way better than uh, someone just all of a sudden becoming a babyface with no apparent reason, no no explanation whatsoever. But with that being said, wait, wait, Miz, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you finish your thing. Yeah, I, I was gonna segue to uh, this potential alliance with DIY because, but we kind of saw it when uh, DIY came out after uh, Imperium tried to beat down the Miz, and we know that DIY has a storyline going on with, at the very least, Kaiser and Vinci. So we also have to mention that there's a link there between Tommaso Ciampa and the Miz, who were uh, together as a heel duo for a few months in 2022. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, before that, sorry, I, I just thought of something right now. The thing that they're, they're doing with the Miz, they're copying the thing that MJF is doing. For that. So MJF is still the scumbag. Uh, Miz is still the scumbag. But he met Joe when he was talking to Adam Pierce after the whole uh, Imperium segment, the whole Miz TV segment. So he's not quite turned, but they are painting him, yeah, as you said, as sympathetic because they were in Cleveland or whatever. And I think. They are copying the MJF thing where MJF doesn't really fully change his personality. He just uh, is a little more sympathetic. I say he has developed as a character, I guess. I just find it ironic. I say people were accusing MJF of copying The Miz, but when you get down to it, uh, <laughs> The Miz is now copying, or whoever's writing this is now copying however they're writing MJF. But anyway, um, yeah, the DIY thing is actually pretty good. I hope they mention it uh, on commentary because they. Uh, they just teased it when Miz walked out and then DIY came came out. So in yung, I guess the hint, the cinematic hint that there's gonna be some there's gonna be a thing happening between the, the, these three guys, right? So yeah, uh it's actually pretty good. Uh we have to credit Derv for bringing it up. Uh it's a discard nothing. So I like that. Um I think they lucked into it. Uh, you know, random pieces that are, you know. Champa's random alliance with the Miz, and then it so happens that DIY is feuded with Imperium. So interesting things. Uh, I I am actually looking forward to this as well. Uh, to echo what you said. Yeah. Uh, Andren, maganda connection din na Miz and Gargano are both Cleveland guys. So I guess that's not, that's another thing that they can use to like bond them together in this very uh, loose alliance right now. I'm very interested with the possibility of the Miz. Uh, uh, and. Joining or not joining, but uh, being aligned, uh, aligned with DIY, because you know DIY needs some something to, you know, to to latch on, I guess, because 
even though they had the history in NXT, pretty new. I mean, they had the whole video video vignette of showing, you know, uh, DIY when they were still a team. So, um, a partnership with them is is not the worst thing in the world. It's gonna help them. Like it's gonna, you know, one of the criticisms of of DIY is that uh, their promo game isn't that strong. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's who. No, like, I, I've seen it. I've, I've read stuff God on damn. it. Uh, like, you know, especially with Johnny, but, you know, like, <laughs> Miss, Miss is going to help them uh, with on that end. So, it's probably going to be a mouthpiece for DIY. Baka, baka ganun yung mangyari. So, you know, I'm not saying that I am agreeing with all these, but, you know, having uh, someone who's one of the best talkers in the game, you know, both well for, for their chances in the, in the main roster. So. All right. Uh, first time I'm hearing any criticisms about DIY's promo game. Uh, so yeah. okay, okay, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing we're gonna react to here from this long weekend of wrestling is LA Knight and Roman Reigns. Um, they had that showdown during the contract signing for Crown Jewel. They also already taped the Go Home episode of SmackDown, and I believe there's uh, supposed to be one last um interaction between LA Knight and Roman Reigns heading into Crown Jewel. Now, if you read yung dirt sheets and yung mga rumors na nila report ng mga wrestling journalists, then you might know that uh, there are rumors going around na Roman Reigns might take time off now, right after Crown Jewel and bakit balik niya a Royal Rumble na, which means he'll be gone for the rest of the calendar year and we won't see him until the lead up to the Royal Rumble. So, what do you guys think about um th- this whole LA Knight and Roman Reigns situation, especially with Roman taking time off once again to close out the year? Okay, me go first. Uh okay. Um yeah, uh I actually tweeted something about this now. Watching these watching this program from start to finish, like yes, I'm a big LA Knight fan, but never once did I think he's gonna go over Roman. That's why it it is kind of hard for me to invest that much into the field. But I do know he's gonna be a bigger star after this. Pero, you know, like, I don't, like, there's no, like, is, is there really a chance for LA Knight to be the guy? I mean, at this point, I feel like we're just coasting until we can make it to WrestleMania in terms of the Roman title reign. Because we all know what's going to happen or might might not happen. Pero, you know, I it's it's just sad that I feel that way. I'm not really invested because uh, you know, like Roman is gonna win at the end of the, at the end of Crown Jewel. So, as much as LA Knight has been doing all this stuff to to get over, I mean, he is over. He's doing it right. He's doing it correctly. He's getting over the, with the crowd. He's finally having main event raps. It's all good. He's gonna be a bigger star after this, but that that conclusion is making me hard to invest myself into into this feud lang. I'm still investing in in LA now, but this feud um like it's you know let's just get it over with you know <laughs> <laughs> let's just get it over we, we all know Roman is not going to lose that title anytime soon all right my, my feelings about both men and this is story the story is are are pretty complex so for one thing Emil is right. Uh, Roman definitely winning. Uh, and it's going to suck. People are going to hate it when he doesn't show up again until 2024, until whatever, the Royal Rumble or January to set up the Royal Rumble. Uh, 
Roman needs to lose because it's one of those things that you can't really keep building people up just to get knocked down by Roman. Because maraming kawawai, kawawai yung fans. Um, they've already been, uh, they've already been jaded because of the whole Cody thing and because of all the opponents that they've built up successfully. Uh, I have to admit. Over the years, like you know, the Drew McIntyres, the Sami Zayns, the Kevin Owenses of the world. So, uh, it's nice to have a monster end boss level run. But at some point, you gotta give the fans what they want. And right now, I think um, the whole LA Knight phenomenon is is it. I think it's bigger than the whole Cody thing. Because, uh. Cody is great, yes, but I think nobody was more underdoggy than LA Knight. Because I remember he came from the whole Max Dupree thing. Uh, Stardust was so long ago that uh, Cody built up his reputation over the years since. But LA Knight had a shorter path to mega stardom, right? Um, and I think you got to give it to him, right? Uh, what, where else are you going to go? Uh, how many stories are we going to wait to finish? Right? Uh, Cody's finishing his story. Are we, do we need or do, do the people need another person going through their own story? Uh, LA Knight just turned 41. <laughs> so, uh, man, that guy's no spring chicken, although he moves like one. So, uh, I don't want to risk Triple H alienating the people that have welcomed his rise to power. If, if anything, you know, I say I say that because I'm also not a big fan of LA Knight. And yung uh segment with Roman last Friday kind of cemented that. Now, okay, this guy is all hype. <laughs> or wow. the writing, the writing is all hype. Because uh yung segment last week, it really proved that it's the rock all over again. And by that I mean the Rock was just surface level schoolyard insults, high school shit, juvenile shit. Um, popped the crowd with some really nice uh, zingers, said a really great way, a uh, really confident, braggadocious way. Just all good. Uh, if, if if it's over, it's over, right? Uh, that's, that's the best way to, to make money. But uh, like The Rock, uh, nobody really wrote anything for him it's like what happens with his movies now <laughs> there's no, really no fleshing out of his characters no real three-dimensional stuff there yet um la knight has shades of it a little bit but they've focused more on him throwing out catchphrases and um throwing out rap references <laughs> and uh insulting people and and saying their facts of life. <laughs> uh, that's it right now for me. That's uh, that's what LA Knight is right now for me. And The Miz, even with his recycled life story, his his origin story, must be must be yung character niya kasi LA Knight. And I don't think it's gonna be LA Knight forever. But right now, I I want more. I want to sink. I want more to sink my teeth into with LA Knight. But I'm not gonna deny that the. The, the train is is rolling, right? Um, I think that's enough of a reason to uh, give the guy the championship because hey, he really is moving. I mean, this guy became an endorser for uh, a popular product, a popular food product. So that's, that's no small thing. And 
if it's over, then it's over. You got to give it to him. Uh, you got to reward him for getting over. And I think we're at the phase or at, at, at the administration where uh, the management denies people things because they got over without them planning to. <laughs> so, you know, uh, a lot of things. I, I really do think they need to pull the trigger. I think they, we need to do something shocking uh, for the business, all for the business. So uh, I want... LA Knight to win despite my feelings for him. Um, I think that's also now, I think, my feelings for Cody as well, retroactively. But uh, I think it's a time. Uh, but Inya, as Emil said, I think we're also in for disappointment because hey, LA Knight looked really good in that segment. But he, they let him, Roman let him have suffering succotash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he let him walk all over him. So because that happened, you know, wrestling logic, uh, they're not giving him that much of a, they're not giving him the win. <laughs> he, already, he already won that battle. Then It's impossible for him to win the war. And that's kind of, Kind of the sad truth here when it comes to LA Knight and Roman Reigns. So, yeah, and I do not know how they're going to crawl themselves up from the bottom of this inning moving forward. When you said, uh, you know, um, the, the reality is that LA Knight's going to lose, what a missed opportunity to have said. Yeah. Nah, that's not an insult. That's just <laughs> the fact of life. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, hate, I hate the fucking catchphrases. <laughs> He fucking relies on them too much. <laughs> like The Rock. <laughs> there. Um, Crown Jewel happening this weekend. Uh, it's going to be Sunday midnight, Manila time. So go check that out. Kung gising pa kayo. Uh, if not, you can go catch it on demand on Disney Plus. Or if you can access it. And if you want to hear Tagalog commentary with me and Carlo Pamintuan, go check out the WWE Network. We'll take a break. We'll get through our mega-sized Picks of the Week episode right after this. The tables have turned. The podcasters now want to listen to you. Tell us your thoughts in the survey for a chance to win a cash prize. Be honest, huh? Answer the survey on our website, surveypilipinas.org. And you're automatically part of the raffle. For a chance to win 5,000 pesos in cash, make sure to complete the survey for your entry to be qualified. We're excited to get your feedback. We are listening. Just go to www.surveypilipinas.org at baka ikaw na ang next winner. All right. Uh, since we didn't do a picks of the week last week, dahil uh, ginawa namin yung mga Halloween episodes, gagawin natin, we've got two picks per person and then we're going to try to break things down as concisely as possible because this is going to be a long-ass episode of the podcast. So let's start with Chinos. Uh, he's not here, so we're going to go through them really quickly. First off, Kenta versus Chris Sabin from Bound for Glory. This is for the X Division Championship. And I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I, I was watching it over breakfast and coffee. And sobrang nagising ako when uh, I saw Chris Sabin and Kenta, just two veterans going at it uh, in 2023. Um, heel Kenta, as Chino points out in our notes, uh, proved himself to be quite a menace for Chris Sabin to overcome. And, you know, Sabin being one of the OGs, one of the gatekeepers of Impact Wrestling to be in the position he's in with um, still a major championship around his waist in 2023 is wild, especially as uh, they go through this renaissance where they're rebranding back to TNA Wrestling. So for Chris Sabin to be one of the faces of that brand, of that company, 
is is a great feel good story for 2023 and just this match man um if if you're like me na hindi nanonood ng impact unless someone actually requires you to go and and watch impact wrestling or tna wrestling then uh i i think uh your time will be well spent enjoying this one all right uh i'm going to go through this quickly because uh my feelings about this are pretty straightforward I say this not in a bad way, but this is a routine Kenta match in this year, in this decade. Uh, he's not who he was, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So um, not going to be the same, but he does it well. Uh, it's kind of formulaic for me. I've seen this Kenta match a million times um, since, right? Since he left WWE. That doesn't make it bad. Uh, my favorite part about this is yung fuck you niya sa CM Punk. If you missed that, kasi they were in Chicago yep. for Bound for Glory. Yeah. Uh, he did the 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 night night gesture, if you will, <laughs> and then he said he said fuck you to that because he is the OG go to sleeper. So you know, uh, pretty fun match, especially if you don't know what Hideo Itami really is all about. Yep, and uh, again, like I said, you know, like I. Uh, noted in my uh, previous in a previous uh, pick uh, of the week, uh, I watched uh, Impact or TNA whenever uh, the the guns, the motorcycle machine guns, are featured, and uh, Chris Saban is one half of that, and I always enjoy their work. And uh, Chris Saban again, uh, like we like uh, I noted before, he was on the first episode of of Impact, and the fact that he's still going strong these days, you know, he's really one of the, one of the most. Uh, I said I think underappreciated talents in wrestling like uh, in the last 20 years and uh stand by that it's really he's really it's really really good. All right. Uh he has another pick that only Emil will be talking about. So I right, so yeah, his other pick is from the recent episode of uh, FPW Sting. It's a match the main, the main event of that episode uh Jan Vander versus Mike uh, Madrigal. So I'm going to read uh, Chino's notes here. Uh, it says that the body transformation of Jan Vander is uh, easily the best thing he has done. It looks like a killer in the ring can uh, easily be uh, the face or the heel of the of the company. Uh, and Chino also says he's still on the fence about uh, Mike Madrigal being a baby face because uh, he says still tries to toe the line between being a kupal, as his words, in the pure face, uh, although he loves the mind game, so he does. Um, and he's his final note here is uh, see the match live. He knows how good both wrestlers are, and he's glad they were able to put this match out finally because he thinks it's one of the best matches from FEW. Okay, so I also watched this match yesterday, uh, and you know, it was a great match. My only really complaint about this is that it's quite too long. And I've also noticed this about some of the FPW uh main the TV the ASCII main events can can get too long. I mean, uh, tw- I I um in this match I I you know they noted that uh it went up until twenty minute mark until the twenty minute mark, and I thought for a TV match they should have at least cut it down. I think to at least. 10, uh, an appropriate TV main events around 10 to 15, I think, in my opinion. So that's only my opinion. I don't know about the others, but. Um, they 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 a wrestler, Emil. Wala opinion. <laughs> Sorry no, about I that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But yun yung, ano, yun yung, yung type ko with. I'm messing with you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have an opinion. No, but let, it, let it be said that he is the one watching. So, you know, yeah. as, as a watcher. As a as watcher, a someone, yes. As someone. No, this is not for Santa. This is for those who might think that uh, Emil is not allowed to 
critique this particular aspect because he's a wrestler, but he is the consumer of the product and he is, you know, entitled to feel some type of way about how he how the product he is yeah. consuming is playing out. <laughs> I mean, they, they, I feel like they could have cut down most of the first half because I felt like wala masyadong nangyari the first the, the second half was really good i i will i will attest to that it was really good but the first half they could have cut at least like two to three minutes of that and you know um yun lang naman yun yung critique ko with this match and uh it was a great match again uh i will echo what uh chino said uh, is saying here it was a great match and he's he's glad that uh, they were they were able to finally put this out uh, online for people to see and uh yeah um So that's it. That's it for my uh, for Chino's uh, pick picks on uh, the last two weeks. Yeah. All so right? you asked you asked us. Sorry, really quickly. You asked yeah. us in private. Bakit yeah. may kahabang main events dito sa Philippine wrestling? Yes. Uh, the thing is, it's been a thing ever since we started the whole thing. Kaya nung nasa PWR pa kami, uh, it has been a critique. Uh, Res, uh, noted film critic Philbert D has been the first one to uh, bring up the fact that. Matches in local wrestling promotions run too long, especially back in 2014, 2015, where we had no business putting out more than 10 minutes, more than eight minutes even. <laughs> so it's been a thing. Uh, it really is a bad habit that we're only curbing now because we have an actual TV deal that, uh, at least in MWF side now. We're curbing now because we have a TV deal that requires us to stick to actual broadcast time. So um, before then, because you know, we indulge ourselves, we overindulge ourselves, and I think a lot of people, uh, both fans and wrestlers, they think that the longer the match is, the the better the quality is perceived to be. But I think a lot of the same fans and wrestlers as well, once they Once they experience or once they watch a long match live, especially after a long show, uh, they find nakapagod niya siya. So uh, I'm not going to go into whether or not we are capable of pulling off these matches. As you said, Emil, you enjoy the match. So that's them doing something good in a way. But uh, it is a problem. It's a systemic problem that we had, we've had over the past 10 years. All right, let's move on. Uh, Rowan picked... Io Sky versus Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's Championship from uh, a couple of SmackDowns ago, and he said it was a solid match and really highlighted uh, both women's desire to be champion. And the favorite part, Downey Rowan, from that match was Io hitting a tope suicide to Charlotte, and then Charlotte countering uh, Io's moonsault by raising her legs. And he also enjoyed how Io just really sold that spear uh, from Charlotte Flair. Uh, Rowan's become a fan of EO's title run, even though lagging involving damage control because damage control. And he feels that EO's next feud down the road will be against Bailey, which everybody has been calling then because of the uh, tease dissensions at damage control. Um, he also thought that uh, you know it it was a fine first order of business from Nick Aldis, a SmackDown general manager, and that he did a good job by uh, enforcing his authority through through this match. And then uh, nagulat din siya with Bianca's uh, return uh, from that uh, from that um, break following SummerSlam, and now he's just excited for their clash uh, at Crown Jewel. Yeah, agree. Uh, it, was, it was a good match. Uh, I did say that SmackDown had a problem recently of not having highlight feature matches ever, uh, for a while now, and they fixed it with this match. So I agree with this. Yeah, same thing. Um, again, uh, sometimes I often forget how good Charlotte is. 
Pero yun nga, because I felt like, again, she was coasting. Um, pag feel niya hindi, he's like, she's like Randy Orton in a way. Like, um, when she's not in it, like, you can see it. Pero when she's in it, when she's in a, in a, in a program or in a match, like, she's one, of, easily one of the best. And this kind of proves it, you know, and she, she was up against, uh, uh, a great, uh, Wrestling Neo Sky and it, it showed they have this good chemistry, I think, in my opinion. Um, and I think this is it for the women's title for Charlotte for the chase, uh, for Charlotte so far. I mean, this was the their, I think this was their blow off match to their feud, and but you know, and then EO's gonna move on to another feud, and Charlotte is probably gonna move on to another feud. So, um, for a blow off match in their feud, that was a really good match. Yeah, I think the bigger issue here, the bigger question coming out of a blow-off match involving Charlotte Flair is can she get herself into a story that doesn't involve a championship that people can find compelling? Because the history of Charlotte Flair is that she's at her most compelling when she's either in the championship chase or defending her title. That's kind of... That's kind of been the gimmick, diba? why she's been like a 14-time women's champion. So uh, uh, where does Charlotte go from here now that she's clearly boxed out of the championship chase? I'm sure they'll find something. They got TV writers. Yeah. I, I would like Charlotte to feud with uh, Alba Fire and uh, Isla Dawn. I think okay. they can yeah. work something there. Sounds good. Yeah, why not? Uh, they're not really doing anything other than yeah. messing with I know, uh, NXT, diba? No Halloween Havoc Night 2. So maybe that. Uh, Rowan's other pick is a quick squash match from Collision over the weekend. It featured Claudio Castagnoli, a very irate Claudio, against Tracy Williams. And enjoy ni Rowan kasi napakabilis daw. And he found it funny na uh, just as Claudio's opponent was about to be announced, uh, ininterrupt na ni Claudio, dumiretso na siya with an uppercut and just kept uppercutting the guy into oblivion. And he felt it was a great way to book a wrestler like Claudio before a title match and that he made it really entertaining uh, in, in destroying Tracy Williams. Sabi rin ni Rowan, it reminded him of Batista versus Simon Dean, which is one of those random matches that I wouldn't really know until someone points it out. So um, I, good job, I guess, Rowan, for making me remember Batista versus Simon Dean. Really funny stuff. Uh, I enjoy this. I, I love squashes for people who don't know. But... Uh... I especially enjoy the European uppercut finish because he just threw it out randomly and then he won. I love that. Yeah, um, like especially in AEW, uh, this is a, uh, you know, this is something fresh. Because they would always, they would always do long matches <laughs> like uh, every every time. So it's kind of refreshing when you see squashes like this. Uh, plus it, uh. Features, the uh, quality of Claudio, na he can destroy anybody at any given time, and he's a monster in in the ring. So I, it, I like squashes because it also kinds it also establishes uh, the dominance of a wrestler. So um, this is uh, this is something this is something new from uh, not something new, but this is something fresh from there, and I really liked it. I just All wanted right. to point out. Sorry, I just wanted to point out real quick that before this, uh, TK. They don't want to do squashes the traditional way. Yeah. Uh, back in nung, nung ng early dark, he would have what were supposed to be squashes, but he made them really competitive that it took them so long and they didn't squash in the end. So um, it's good that the presence of uh, the WWE veterans, but the, the overstacking of the roster made him actually do squashes how they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on from the squash and go to Emil's pick. And let's start with uh, that match from Banford Glory between Will Ospreay and Speedball Mike Bailey. 
Yeah, so I have two picks here. My first one is from Impact uh, Bound for Glory the two weeks ago. It was uh the bit the it was not the main event, but I feel like it should have been the main event. Uh Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. I had high expectations coming into this match, and somehow I feel like they were able to surpass it for me. I mean, this is match of the year caliber candidate. Uh, and uh Speedball is one of my favorite non-WWE AW or NJPW wrestlers. Um, and I really wish I know he he feels like he's at home, so impact. But I really wish he he could I could see him in a bigger promotion. I mean, I I really enjoy his work, uh, his hybrid of uh, the MMA inspired kicks and strikes with the high flying arsenal makes him one of the must watch uh, wrestlers in Impact and what one of the must watch wrestlers in the world as of right now. And he's really, you know, after a few years where he wasn't allowed in the US, now he's getting back to and he's now even better than uh, than what he was before when I first saw him in PWG. Um and there there, there are a lot of great wrestlers this year, but this year Will Ospreay is just on a whole nother level. And I this is my personal opinion. His 2023, I feel like, is already in the conversation for the greatest year of any wrestler in history. Like, um, I thought he already peaked around 2021-2022, but this year he just evolved to a whole nother stratosphere, going to every promotion and having great matches uh in AW, NJPW, Rev Pro, and now here in Impact. So um, 2023 Will Osprey, he's there. He's knocking on the door on the conversation of uh, of the greatest year of any wrestler in history. So, um, this was a really great match. If you haven't seen it, please check this out. Agree, it's a great match. Uh, but I have complicated feelings about it. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> it's here oh, wow. yes. Uh, it was good. It was really good. Uh, I rewatched it again properly this morning. And it was really good. I, I like that they focused on the martial arts uh, style. Me, Mike Bailey, uh, uh, Will Ospreay went toe-to-toe with him uh, with the kicks and the strikes. So I enjoyed that part. But uh, Emil said, you, Emil, you said that um, it should have been the main event. And I agree, it should have been the main event. But not for the reasons that you think. But because uh, they did one too many uh, false finish there. But, um, uh, they wanted to feel like the main event, but they were not the main event. And I generally have a problem with people who try to overindulge themselves as though they were the main event. I'm sure they were told to, to wrestle like it was a big match. And it was a big match. But to me, I didn't think the whole one-off thing was uh, enough of a good reason to... Pretend like you're the actual main event of the show, you know? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's one of those bad habits that you do too much and then you do a lot of big moves. Um, they protected the Stormbreaker really, real fine that it was the actual finishing move of the match. But they did a whole bunch of other good stuff, big moves, meteor rain, but that's rare. Uh, kicked out of all of them, kicked out of the Hidden Blade, kicked out of uh, the Oz Cutter. Uh, a whole bunch of that uh, kicked out of the storm driver and well, I, I, I lost it somewhere near the end. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I, I, I liked it. I wanted to like it a lot, but I, I, it lost me. 
yun lang. Uh, but I won't deny that uh, you go. You shouldn't. I won't deny that you should go watch it. It's really good, and uh, it does do the things that Emil said it does for both men. So, you know what? I'm just. Uh, I'm just this this kind of fan. This kind of this kind of worker. So, uh, people will love it. people will love that the thing I hated about it. But um, it is one of those things. Yeah, sabi mo na lang na doer ka kaya ganon opinion mo. Yeah, I just said I was a doer. <laughs> I said I, I said that as a as a worker. Ah, there, there, there. Um, you know, I I haven't really seen a whole lot of speedball Mike Bailey outside of clips here and there. So, admittedly, I'm very late to the bandwagon. In fact, this is the first full Mike Bailey match I've caught. Right? Um, I don't have as much time. Uh, as I used to to go and catch stuff outside of the main shows that we cover. So uh, thanks, Emil, for picking this match because I had fun. I actually enjoyed watching this match. Uh, I for the fact that uh, one of Mike Bailey's signatures is named Meteor Rain, even though it's not an F4 reference in my head. It is an F4 reference, and I will stick by it in my head canon. Um, Mike Bailey's fun. Uh, it makes me want to see more of him. And I actually enjoy watching Will Osprey as a babyface wrestler. Like I, I didn't think I would because you know, very complicated yung, um outside the ring stuff ni Will Osprey but for a while there he made me forget about that stuff and just made me uh look at the, the art form and his performance in the ring so i appreciated that and um like the Chris Sabin Kenta match it was another uh good way to start my thursday morning so uh, you know those are my thoughts on this match let's get to your second pick All right, so my second pick goes out to uh the main event of collision uh which was uh Kenny Omega versus MJF for the AEW World Championship um so when this match was announced, I thought maybe they should have reserved this for something bigger, for some for a for an all-in main event or all-out main event, and for for much bigger sex. But I thought major big din stakes detail because the story into heading into this match is MJF was close to breaking uh, Kenny Omega's uh, record of uh, the longest uh, single title reign in. For the world, for the world championship, so I think it was fine that they did this because it also reminds me of how the New Day challenged the Usos for the tag titles. I think it was last year, where um when you when they were close to also breaking the New Day's record, so it was fine. At least there was a story there. Um, and initially I had my doubts of how this match was gonna turn out because, like I admittedly. In ring wise, I'm not sold yet on MJF, but you know they they made some magic out there. Um, uh, and especially I'm glad that it happened on Collision because it I feel like they give more time for the big matches on Collision rather than on Dynamite. And uh, this was a pay per view main event caliber match that we got on free TV, and I'm glad. In a way, I'm glad I saw it, even though I have problems with TK booking big matches on TV and how I feel like TK is just doing dream matches each and every week. But I'm glad that they did this match. Both men brought their A game um, in a match that you could say it, it was kind of a throwaway one-off because they have their own storylines. They're not really feuding with each other. But new story, again, new story lang dito is of the record, right? So... um. And also them always putting the biggest match possible that they can, uh, which again is something that really bothers me about AEW. But that's that's how it, that's how they are. That's how they do things, and you know it is what it is. But again, um, this is possibly the biggest match they could, biggest match in the company they could they could have put. 
And uh, we got it on free TV and it was great. And maybe in a few years, we'll get this match on a bigger stage, I guess. So, But this one was really good. Uh, possibly one of the best TV matches this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good that you mentioned the booking. Because there is a problem there, but not the problem that you mentioned. Um, the thing is, uh, you needed to do this match on this particular episode of Collision. Because it's the record of yeah. Kenny Omega. Uh, it's the same reason why Uso's New Day, the last one, happened on a random episode of SmackDown. Because they were coming up on the New Day's uh, record. The problem is, and uh, David Shoemaker backs me up on this. Uh, he mentioned it on the last episode of The Mass Man Show. Uh, the problem here is TK, as the boss and as the booker and promoter, should have known that this was coming up. And because of that, he should have promoted this a long, long time ago, or at least a month before. Now, uh, Kenny Omega's record is coming up, and because of that, uh, Kenny Omega deserves a chance to uh, defend his record, like the New Day. So th- that should have been the simplest, most basic promotion technique in the book, and he did not do it. Because um, if you can, if you can shoehorn the story a couple of uh, 14 days before the actual show, then there's no reason to not shoehorn the story a month or two months before this episode. So that is a major, major failure on TK's part because he should have known or somebody should have told him, somebody in the stats department should have told him that na record, parating yung date. So that is the problem with this booking and not the fact that it was on free TV on a collision. Uh, a lot of people are complaining because why are you giving it away in front of 4,000 fans? Who cares? It's, it's a record. That's a legit sports thing that can be drawn on, right? So big failure uh, proves that TK is really much of a good writer or promoter. So uh, and that jettisons whatever chance I have of working for him. So, <laughs> you know, Damn. so I mean, after all the shit we've talked about, so, <laughs> uh, well, and you've seen how petty he can get on, on Twitter. So, Gigi Naho for AEW. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big failing that they could have written this story and they did not. And they, I know they can do this because they've managed to write all of these other contenders for MJF, all these other players in the MJF cinematic universe. So, I will say, agree that the match was great. Best TV match of the year. Um, I enjoyed the fact that uh, Kenny Omega can actually hang in the Western American pro wrestling style. So th- that's something that Nigel also mentioned on commentary. Uh, I'm glad that he pointed that out because it is an important fact. It is an important concept to to observe and point out. Because hey, Kenny is used to the uh, Japanese style where you just keep going and going because of fighting spirit. But uh, MJF forced him to wrestle what is what we call unofficially the WWE main event style. And he nailed it. He he knocked it out of the park, thus proving his status as one of the elite, most elite pro wrestlers in the world right now. So really great stuff. Um, it's not as long as some people say it was. It's manageable. So please go watch it. Yeah. Um, if anything, parang deserve naman ata nila to have gone as long as they did. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I don't really have anything new to add other than everything you guys said, but I will co-sign that. Uh, the matches must watch. And if you're looking for like a nice 20, 25 minute main event from TV, then MJF versus Kenny Omega is uh, something good to put on your list for the rest of this lo- um, long weekend. However, uh, much of it you've got left. But, right. Uh, I, I guess I got I got something to add to this Abini role regarding they could have promoted it well before because Kenny wasn't really doing anything before. Yep. Uh, although I, I'm sure well, he, he was, was messing with Sina Jericho and Salim, uh, the Don Callis family. Salim, no, after Salim that. no, no, no. Salim after that, there was time. Yeah, I, I there was time. Yeah. yeah. I just realized then that while Ro was mentioning it, like they, they could have they uh, promoted it in advance. And I will agree. I will agree on that. All right. Uh, let's move on to my picks. And ito, uh, um, Ro actually alluded to this earlier regarding young stories na Roman Reigns, LA Knight, John Cena, and Solo Sikoa. I picked yung promo ni John Cena and Paul Heyman from uh, this past weekend SmackDown. So when I watched this promo, it quickly reminded me of the Paul Heyman Cody Rhodes promo, which I guess now that we're about to wind down 2023, I'm penciling the Cody and Heyman promo as promo of the year. But this one uh, was kind of in the same vein here, because Paul Heyman approaches John Cena. Nuuna with respect. Like he pretends to approach Cena with respect, right? Like uh, lulling both Cody then and Cena now into a false sense of security, saying na I acknowledge na you're the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he centered the story around John Cena's ability to speak on the microphone and to connect with the WWE universe because of his ability to communicate. And then nilink niya dun sa signature move ni Solo, which is the Samoan Spike. Na kapag tinamaan ka nun, di ba, in K-Fabe, Sira yung lalamunan mo, sira yung throat mo. So, pag wala ka nang alangala, hindi ka na makakapagsalita. And in the case of John Cena, he's clearly getting older. He's no longer as present and visible as he used to be. When you take away his ability to talk, you take away his connection to the WWE Universe, which apparently is the most important thing right now to this version of John Cena, as opposed to um, you know, uh, the, the mid-2000s John Cena, who was all about becoming world champion. So I actually appreciated the storytelling here in this promo because it established what's important to Cena in 2023 and it gave him something to fight for despite the fact that, as you both predicted earlier, this really is a match that's just supposed to elevate Solo Sikoa because let's face it, 16-time world champion John Cena has literally nothing to lose at this stage in his career. So um, I, I like how if you're a casual fan or if you're a child or if you're uh, someone that must roast tinted glasses yung lens mo when it comes to watching wrestling, it kind of gives... Uh, the story some tension because it makes you uh, doubt, diba? Parang, oh, uh, what if nga John Cena is no longer able to talk on the mic after Solo hits him with the Samoan spike? So that's what I loved about this whole promo. Yeah, really quickly, uh, you mentioned everything, but really quickly, I my favorite part about this was Heyman um, talking about the implications of the spike because people just think of it as a thumb wrapped in, in, ano, diba? in uh, tape. Thumb wrapped in tape. But he explains what it actually does to your body, what it does to your throat. And I think uh, people explaining how moves affect you and damage you is becoming a lost art. Okay, I'm trying to preserve it on my commentary. That's it. Yes, same, same thoughts here. I really appreciate how Heyman uh, told that story about the move. Because, you know, we don't get those these days. You know, we don't get those these days. And uh, uh, it's also true, it's a lost art. And... You know, I know it, this has been, uh, this is uh, becoming uh, Heyman's signature where they're gonna, 
They're gonna praise Haman's gonna praise you first, and then he's gonna he's gonna shit on you afterwards. And uh, I love the roller coaster of emotions, uh, and then the feel it go while watching this promo. So this was top notch promo between you know John Cena's one of the one of the again the greatest as as they say the greatest of all time, and Paul Heyman probably the greatest manager of all time. Yeah, uh, Paul Heyman will break you down and eviscerate you verbally, but before that, he'll pull a fat boy slim and praise you like he should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my other pick is from Halloween Havoc Night One: Becky Lynch versus Lyra Valkyria for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, sobrang nagulat ako, even though we've each got two picks this week. Nobody picked this match. Uh, this was pretty good considering Becky Lynch wrestled it injured reportedly. Um, I was surprised, uh, and I think we talked about this now on the podcast. Now, Lyra was the person to beat Becky Lynch, but the way that they followed up the story in the in the week since Lyra took the championship from her uh, made me feel like this was the plan all along and that they really uh, were shining up Lyra to be the next big star in the women's division following the footsteps of Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton. It's like next big uh, star project to end 2023. So, um, you know, no better way to do that than to uh, literally have her defeat her role model, her idol in Becky Lynch. And props that end to... Uh, NXT and their media and PR department because they actually had Lyra do the media rounds which they showed on NXT. They actually ha- had her talking to uh, the Irish media. So it shows you the importance with which they treated uh, this occasion that Becky Lynch lost her NXT Women's Championship to another Irish female wrestler, that being Lyra Valkyria. Yeah, uh, they got a lot of time. Uh, it's almost a collision main event here. deserve the win. Becky is super great. Uh, you can see how comfortable she is in the ring despite being injured. She's just so good, especially directing traffic. That was Lyra was also pretty good. Uh, a lot of people don't know that to say she was one of the more, um, not one of the bigger names that they got from uh, NXT UK. But I, I guess if you're from the UK and from the Ireland areas, uh, you would know how good she is. And if you were like us watching it regularly, you would know that she really is. She really was one of the better uh, youngers, young youngins that they had there. So the Serbia and uh, I don't know. I think she could be the next big Irish star, especially if uh, Becky Lynch is really on the downhill of her career. So if they put in that effort and time and attention to her, uh, I think they can make it work. Although she, obviously she's not on the man's level of being a character. Oh yeah, this was again. This was a really great main event. I didn't expect Lara to win. Say I thought, um, Becky was uh like they they're saving Becky for uh, someone else to beat her for the title. But I'm glad it went that way. Cause I, this is like uh, the passing of the moment, uh, passing of the torch, uh, trope done right. You know, cause we have seen this a lot before. But this is one of those times where they got it right. Uh, Lara was the. Uh, I think deserved the man. Very deserving because they really hyped her up when she uh made her debut uh not too long ago. And um as a as a before, you know, um before they had this match, I feel like but this is really the first uh the first major program that she was involved in and she did really good. She went up against her idol. This is like a Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant moment. You know, so wow. um, yeah, and uh, they really, they really nailed this, and I'm looking forward to uh seeing what Lyra will do as the NXT Women's Champion. 
Uh, ano mo, Emil, for your sake, I really hope Lyra Valkyria becomes the next big Irish star. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I, have big ho- I have big hopes for that. Honestly. I don't think I think we should be calling people the next Kobe. <laughs> oh, no, no. That was... <laughs> No, come on. No, okay. No, no, let's let's keep Lyra Valkyria away from any and all helicopters. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we continue to secure our tickets to hell, Ro, close us out here with your picks. All right. First pick is from, uh, wait, was it last week or? Uh, yeah, last week's SmackDown. Last Friday. Yes, last week. So Dragon Lee versus Cedric Alexander, whom we have not seen on TV for quite some time. It was his official i think it was his official debut on smackdown since being drafted so uh uh, they remember that he was on the roster um although it's one of those things that i'm sure they did this match because it was a double header taping that day and they wanted to maximize as much as possible that's why you have a deep bench so uh Really good. It is one of those 205 Live main events that you don't see anymore because it's 205 Live and it's not the same as it was anymore. Uh, I think this was all things that one, Bumawi Salaki Dragon Lee after the quick Austin Theory match that they had like last month. And then two, uh, Cedric Alexander was once again uh, in the proving mode. Na, um, this is why you sign him, and this is why uh, he should be given more opportunities on TV. So uh, it's like the you know, the second round of the Cruiserweight Classic. So uh, really good stuff. Uh, you don't get to see matches like this a lot that much on SmackDown right now, and I really appreciate that they let the Cruiserweights cook. I'm really glad that they mentioned yung set yung. Uh... Yung moment where the 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 cruiserweight classic moment where uh the people chanted for uh Cedric to be signed. I mean they mentioned that on commentary and they mentioned yeah, that they did. uh so I I'm glad that they mentioned that. It's I really appreciated it. I mean, it canon event na kasi yun. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Plus I'm just glad Cedric is on TV again. I mean, this dude is so damn talented, but aside from being featured as one of the members of the Hurt business. Hasn't really done a lot in the main roster, so I'm glad that they. I don't know if this is gonna be a thing from now on, but I'm just glad he's back on TV. And they really cook. I mean, um, nagmesh yung style in the and they really, it, it was a quick match, but it was one of those. It wasn't that it was quick? A, it, wasn't, it was not that quick. It wasn't that quick. <laughs> yeah, pero, pero they, I, they got time to cook. Yeah, I felt like it was the 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 time went by when I watched it. Cause that that's how good this match was, and um. You know, um, I'm glad that they're easing in Dragon Lee to the main roster by having him have these great matches against other talented superstar, other talented wrestlers on the roster, and um, I so I think they're really big on Dragon Lee. That's what I, I can say as of right now for him. Uh, no kidding, he got the fast track to the main roster. Yeah. Parang merong, ano, uh, fast pass, like in Disneyland. <laughs> like uh, one minute he was just in the crowd. Oh, that's Dragon Lee from NXT. The next minute he's getting in matches, he's getting in promo segments, and then biglang, oh, now since coming over to SmackDown, I'm like, oh, okay, he's officially a SmackDown guy now. And that's great because um, I've been excited to call a Dragon Lee match, and him being on the main roster just means that. Uh, sooner than later he'll land himself on a PLE so I'll get to have that opportunity so I'm really happy for him I I, uh, I feel like um, you know for for casuals bakalang confusion there's Rey Mysterio and Dragon Lee on God. Smackdown you never know 
right? Uh, for 20 years, Rey Mysterio has been the preeminent face of Lucha Libre. So I'm pretty sure that uh, there, there's bound to be some fan out there who's like, oh, but the loaning Rey Mysterio or whatever. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, I know firsthand. Yes, but no, they fast tracked him to the main roster because they Rowan they're having a hard time rep- trying to replicate Rey Mysterio. So they made alang kay Rowan. Oh, nakaya naman kay Rowan, di ba? So yeah, um, but but that said, um, uh, exciting times for SmackDown having another. Uh, thrilling babyface in Dragon League going up against Cedric Alexander who is kind of a babyface with an edge because he's got that veteran side to him na, diba? Na he's been in the WWE system for the last seven years and very start and stop the new momentum niya. and I hope that in the same way na inacknowledge nila yung please sign Cedric chance na maacknowledge din nila yung meta narrative ni Cedric Alexander with the start and stops with him having something with the Hurt Business and that getting taken away, then him trying to build something with Shelton independent of the Hurt Business and then Shelton uh, you know, getting getting released earlier this year. So um, I, I'm hoping that this, this also is the start of something new for the narrative of Cedric Alexander, the character. Because as you guys both pointed out, napaka deep ng bench ng WWE and it would be such a shame if Cedric just continues to uh, sit on said bench. Um, despite the fact that as we saw, he can put on a banger uh, when called upon. Yeah, uh, testament then to how uh, elite and professional these athletes are that you know they are in tip-top shape when called upon, right? When I said on TV consistently, right? My last pick. Let's get off easy. Uh, it is uh, major cheating because it's from this week actually. Uh, that shouldn't be the coverage of our episode today, but it is the guesting of one Mister Stone who wrestled yesterday on the second night of Halloween Havoc versus one Braun Breaker on the Masked Man Show. Uh, I changed this from my original pick of another match because uh, it really resonated with me. As a fellow inactive wrestler, uh, Mr. Stone, uh, Rob, also had doubts. Uh, he, he articulated the doubts of, uh, does he still have it? Uh, can I still wrestle like that? Uh, it's been a while since he's been a wrestler. He's been an active wrestler. And then uh, he also wanted to show his to his kids, to his family, that he still has it, or you know, there's a reason why they signed him to NXT. And I, I appreciated that. I, I felt um, not that I'm trying to get back soon, but I felt that uh, really deeply. And I really enjoyed this interview where he had the opportunity to just be vulnerable. Right? He was also kayfabing it a lot, but he kayfabed it in a way that. You can tell that you know his feelings and the story were also one and the same. So uh, it's really one of those things. And you might not think much of Robert Stone because he's just a random NPC right now. It's a NXT with Von Wagner, but uh, this really does. This really is a great interview that um, gives you a peek inside the mind of a journeyman wrestler who eventually got signed to his this what I assume is his dream job, right? And uh, despite not being fully a wrestler in WWE. So uh, they also talk about uh, his history with Von Wagner as being part of the same batch as the Performance Center. I don't know how much of that is kayfabe, but I'm sure there's a bond somewhere because I batchmates to that. And a whole bunch of lore that actually helps in promoting the match as well versus Braun Breaker. So uh, Obviously, the match has passed since, uh, since the since you know we're recording this. But uh, if you haven't caught it, it's a nice one. It's not it's not just because to promote the match, but again, it's also to uh, shine a spotlight on who he is. 
So uh, I I enjoyed uh, listening to this interview interview uh, with with um, Robert Stone or Mr. Stone, just because I have a personal investment in his journey. Uh, he is a former contestant on The Amazing Race, which is admittedly my first exposure to to him, and I really enjoyed the season yeah, where he and uh, Brooke Tessmacher uh, competed together. They actually made it all the way to the end. Uh, of of that season, and then after that, I was wondering, okay, where's this guy right now? Only to find out that uh, he got picked up by WWE as a manager and not as a wrestler. So I I agree with you. Na sobrang fascinating nung kwento niya, and how uh, he may not have wanted to end up in WWE this way, but you know, um, when the WWE calls and there's a spot for you, de ba? Sino ka pa ba na huminde and to say na hindi, uh, I I don't want to be a manager. Na parang he finds himself in a spot where he's open to trying out new things. He's learning about commentary. He's learning about uh, producing matches. So in a way, major relate ako, major relate din ako dun, uh, because of uh, my own experiences with uh, both WWE and MWF. So it's a surprisingly uh, fun listen. Uh, just because you know uh, a Robert Stone interview isn't exactly the first thing I would immediately download. So thanks for putting this on this week's uh, docket. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, you mentioned the whole skill set that he brings and learns from WWE. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Like I say, I'm also going through it. Right, I, I'm learning about things uh, outside of being an actual wrestler in the ring. Yeah, sobrang valuable nun. Uh, like when you think about it, diba? a lot of us wrestling fans fantasize about getting in the ring and being in character, being world champion. But um, you know, the the more time I've spent hovering around this business, and I'm sure Ro, you can relate then to a certain degree, but you 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 find other things other than the stuff in the ring. Na parang it's equally equally fun. And the best part is, uh, and this is us saying the quiet part out loud, you don't have to break your back to uh, enjoy these things while exactly. contributing to the overall health of the industry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Emil, Anna. Um, no, I, I, I am fascinated with uh, Robert Stone or Mr. Stone because whatever it is that they give him, he always nails it. Like, nails it every time. Like, when he was the manager of Chelsea Green, when, uh, like, basta, every time he's on TV, I'm entertained by this guy. And that speaks volumes to how he can make something work. And he's one of the best uh, non-wrestlers right now in, in wrestling. He's really entertaining. And this this current story that he's been having with, with uh, Vaughn, he managed to make Vaughn Magner yeah. like he, wow. entertaining. Because, you know, this guy before, like, you know, he was, he's there, he's just fine. But with this ongoing partnership that he has with, with Robert Stone, suddenly made him one of the most sympath- sympathetic characters on on NXT TV and I, I'm rooting now for this guy and want to do well in NXT and possibly they can go up to the main roster together so I'm all in I'm all in on, on the Mr. Stone character I'm all in on, uh, on him as as a person like he's he has done wonderful things in his uh, in his role in the, within WWE so there you have it. Those are our picks of the week. And that wraps up this uh, really extra large episode yeah. of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Uh, again, no live stream for this week as in a break yung ating mga babyface producers from the pod network. But we still thank them for all of the work that they do for us, holiday or no holiday. And we thank you, our listeners, our patrons, our subscribers, for all of the support you've shown to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast all these years. Uh, we'll see you next week for another live stream in a back to regular program after the long weekend 
We're also gearing up for our big Black Friday pasabay. So, sana ready na yung mga credit card limits nyo, yung mga sweldo nyo for uh, the biggest boodle of the year. And I kid you not, it really is the biggest boodle of the year. Oh, yeah. Kung meron kayong gusto mga wrestling merch, now is the time to start hunting, putting them on your carts and your wish lists so that when Black Friday comes around, nagbagsak presyo na, we can all make that sale together. Right? Uh, so go watch out for that on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Facebook and uh, Instagram feeds at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And we will see you on November 26th, that's a Sunday morning, for the Survivor Series watch party happening over at Hobby Stadium along E. Rodriguez Corner, Doña Hemadi, in New Manila, Quezon City. Kita-kita tayo doon. Tickets at 350 pesos for the early bird rate, 500 pesos for the walk-in rate. Please be nice at umorder na rin kayo kasi masarap naman yung foods dun sa yeah. Hobby Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lang foods and other you'll need, stuff. You'll need coffee as well. Oh, maga kasi. 8 a.m., di ba? 8 a.m. <laughs> Go follow us on social media and let us know whatever uh, whatever you want to add to our picks of the week conversation. It is at EML underscore Meister, at Chino Supersized, at Monday Night Rowan, at Rowan's War, and at underscore Stan C. Uh, on behalf of Emil Nate and Ro Moran, my name is Stan C. This is another episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is in the books. Stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Bye-bye. Peace. The opinions of podcast creators, hosts, and guests are not necessarily reflective of the official stance of the Pod Network Entertainment, its hosts, or other network programs. The content created by the people behind the podcast is personal and not meant to harm any religion, ethnicity, group, organization, company, or individual. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.